Before I begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I record this episode, the Darug and Boromadigal people, as well as the Wadjuk and Nunungar people. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and future. On this episode of The Female Drive... By definition, then, if we've got 3.3% of the population is Indigenous, we should have about a 1,000 Indigenous people working in motorsport. Uh, I don't know one. G'day, everyone, and thanks again for joining me on another episode of The Female Drive. After living overseas for quite a few years... I became aware of many different people and organisations trying to champion change within the motorsport world. I then started to think, what was happening in my home country of Australia, and who was trying to champion change here? The First Nations people of Australia, to me, are Australia. In Australia, we have a position in our government who is the Minister for Indigenous Australians. Prior to 2019, there had never been an Indigenous Australian to hold this position. After returning back to Australia, I've seen a significant shift in how we now acknowledge the traditional owners of our land. I set out in search of any organisations who were changing things for our Indigenous people in the motorsport world. My guest on today's show, along with his wife, created an organisation called Racing Together. After seeing no Indigenous representation within the world of motorsport, they set out to change this. On a personal level, I'm so impressed with what they are doing, and my hope is that this organisation continues to grow. I'd like to introduce my guest on today's show, Gary Conley. Hey, Gary, how are you? Hi, Stella. Very well, thank you. Thanks so much for joining me. I know at the moment you're in hotel quarantine, so I appreciate you taking out the time. That's no problem at all. So basically why I have you on the show today is you've created something called Racing Together, which I do want to go into depth with. But let's start from the beginning. You have a career in rally. So let's start about how this all came about and where you started off. Oh, okay. So it goes back quite a long while. Um, I joined a car club when I was 18, I think. And uh started competing in rallies and then uh, I think our car club president at the time said that if we were going to compete in the club championship we also had to learn to organize events so I learned he taught me how to organize rallies and uh, from there uh, you know I I, I sort of mixed my career between um, competing as a driver then I became a co-driver as well uh, and then I organized events and um Then uh, I met my lovely wife, who's also a rally driver, and together we uh, worked with the West Australian Government to bring the World Rally Championship to Australia. Um, We were successful in doing that. We ran an event in 1988 and achieved World Championship status in 1989, brought Rally Australia to Perth. And then um, I got invited by the FIA, the world governing body, to uh, join its its World Rally Commission. And from there... um, I got more and more involved uh, in other forms of motorsport. Uh, in 2006, I was uh, elected to the uh, FIA World Motorsport Council, which is like the controlling board for global motorsport. And also um, the following year, 2007, um, I was invited to be one of the stewards, 
to like the judges uh, in Formula One. Um, 2009, I became one of the permanent chairman of the stewards in Formula One. So I do quite a, a lot of travel, uh, do quite a number of uh, Formula One events. In fact, I'm in hotel quarantine now, having just returned from uh, the Belgium, Dutch, Italian and Russian Grands Prix. Oh, wow. So through that, um, you know, obviously I became um, aware of, of Lewis Hamilton's um, activities in, in promoting, uh, you know, ending of racism. And my wife and I identified that there was little, if any, uh, Indigenous participation in our sport within Australia. So we decided rather than just talk about it, we'd do something about it. So last year we worked with uh, Paul Morris from Norwell Motorplex and uh, an Indigenous group in um, Logan City, south of Brisbane, called Ganya Meta. And we put together a program called Racing Together where we uh, had uh, roughly 100 kids, Indigenous kids from the area, uh, try out to become part of, uh, part of Racing Together. The, the whole concept of Racing Together actually um, has changed. Initially, we were planning just to sponsor one, one Indigenous kid um, in the sport. But then I was talking with um, Anthony Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton's dad, and he said, no, you should actually form a team uh, because that way you can involve more kids, you can give them uh, the opportunity to have careers in other other parts of the sport other than driving. So, you know, mechanics, engineers, logistics, that sort of thing. So we formed a little team based at Norwell Motorplex, um, uh, halfway between Brisbane and the Gold Coast, and um, we've sort of built up a little team from there and running a car, and uh, we're building a second car. We've just got a third car, so uh, it's, now, uh, it's now full on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's incredible how it's just gone from one little thing into this gigantic change, I suppose. And and I think it's incredible um, that that's come about because I agree with you. Obviously, there is a lack of Indigenous um, representation within the sport, whether that be drivers, engineers, mechanics. Um, and as an Australian, I mean, I think it's great to see. I just want to quickly jump back. Um, you mentioned that you brought the World Rally Champion uh, Championship to Australia. What was the draw towards rally for you personally? Um, I guess it goes back. My, my grandfather actually was one of Australia's first motorsport champions. He was a motorcycle racer. Wow. So was, there was always a bit of a keen interest in, um, in motorsport in the family. And my mum, when I was very young, used to take me to watch uh, the Round Australia rallies and things like that. So I was always pretty keen and... Um, my uh, best friend from school uh, when I was at university encouraged me to join the, uh, the Hills District Car Club in Sydney and uh, it all started from there. Oh, wow. Okay. That's amazing. So you originally from the Hills? Yeah, originally from Dural. So what year did Racing Together finally come to life? So you, can't, you had the idea, you talked it out, obviously you mentioned Anthony Hamilton. What year and when did it start kind of kickstart? So we, we developed the idea uh, probably April, May last year, 2020. We formulated the, the concept of the team um, in about August last year. We had the open day in October and the team was really formed in uh, November, December last year. So not very long, less than a year. Yeah. And within that, what kind of racing are you are, are you doing at the moment? Okay, so the the kids are um, competing in the um, the XL series, so 
these are little production cars Hyundai uh, XLs. Um, so very, very, <coughs> excuse me, supposedly inexpensive motorsport, although it's yeah. not as inexpensive <laughs> as, as, as it first looks. Um, I don't think inexpensive and motorsport go hand in no, hand. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. So, uh, yes, yeah, so we've got we've got now three XLs um, and they'll be uh, doing the next event on November the 21st at Morgan Park in uh, in Queensland. Now, you talked about how you realised there wasn't enough Indigenous representation, but why are initiatives and things like racing together so important? Why do we need them? Yeah, well, I guess if you you take a helicopter view, um, the Indigenous population of Australia is roughly 3, I think 3.3% of the population. Um, we, We know that from the Ernst and Young uh, study that Motorsport Australia did a few years back, there's something like 30,000 direct and indirect jobs related to motorsport and supporting motorsport. Um, you know, companies like PWR uh, on the Gold Coast, which manufacture radiators for uh, everything from supercars to Formula One cars, uh, that's a, a global industry based on the Gold Coast. So there's, yeah, about 30,000 jobs in motorsport. Um, by definition, then, if we've got 3.3% of the population is Indigenous, we should have about 1,000 Indigenous people working in motorsport. Uh, I don't know one. Wow. That's uh, <laughs> not really the news you want to hear. So we should have 1,000 and we have zero. So with Racing Together, are you seeing that change? I know it's still early days, but are you seeing now more interest from the Indigenous community? Well, we're seeing more interest from the general community, which is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, these these kids, um, the purpose with Racing Together is is multi-purpose, actually. It's it's not to win races. That's that's a, a, a side benefit. It's to give the kids focus. It's to give them something to live for, something to dream about. It's to teach them skills that they might not even have thought about learning. We've got a couple of young ladies in the team. Um, We've got four young ladies uh, aged from 14 to 17 in the team. Uh, I don't think any of them had ever picked up a spanner or a tool in their lives. Um, Now they can not just change wheels and tyres, they can bleed brakes, they can lift an engine out of a car using a hoist, they can, um, you know, fit oil coolers, they can do all sorts of things, they can tune suspensions. So these are skills that they're learning and and they're really passionate about it. So it's giving them the chance, um, even if they're not going to be drivers, and one of them we hope to be turning into a driver, but the other three, um, they're learning skills that might get them jobs which they otherwise might not have had an opportunity to to get. Yeah. And what are some major hurdles, I suppose, that uh, Racing Together faces in terms of, I guess, money, financials, fundings, anything like that? Uh, Well, my wife and I funded it personally. Uh, We're continuing to fund it. But now we've got, uh, thanks to the help of uh, one of our directors, Ryan Storey, he's um, secured for us Viva Energy. Uh, They own the Shell license for australia shell oil uh, petroleum so they've been very generous uh, with some sponsorship uh, we've also got sponsorship from pertech from uh, super cheap they've been very generous norwell motor motorplex um, slideways 
Um, there's a whole range of, of, of companies that are, are helping us in kind. So uh, we're very grateful for them. Obviously, we're looking for, for more funding because we, we really want to roll this out nationally. Yeah. Uh, our plan is to take it to Townsville next year uh, and then hopefully to Darwin after that. And you mentioned that the communities, um, obviously, it's gained a lot of positivity and people, uh, I guess, something that they didn't acknowledge wasn't there, they now see is there. Um, do you think that Australians and I guess the motorsport community globally are going to um, really embrace this and kind of take it on? And do you think that it, do you think it's just going to, I guess, grow at a, a rapid pace? It's a really good question, Estelle. Um, the very first race meeting we went to was at Morgan Park in March this year. And we, I must confess, we were a little bit um, not worried, but we, 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 we're not sure about the reception that we yeah. get. Um, and the organisers of the event asked us, would we get one of the kids to do an acknowledgement of country mm. uh, at the driver's briefing, which we did. And um, young Jeremiah and the team uh, did the acknowledgement of country and was greeted by a huge round of applause by, you know, 200 or 300 drivers and crew members who were all there. So we were really surprised and pleasantly surprised at that. And then over that weekend, the number of people who came around and, and said to the kids, you know, this is great, keep going, keep at it, we're behind you sort of thing, uh, really was encouraging. And that support's continued. So I think there's a great acceptance that um, yeah, we need to be doing more and um, the motorsport community has been fab fabulous. Yeah, and I think that's that's amazing that it has been so positive because, as you said, it could have, I, I guess there's not, I don't know the right way to say this, but there is obviously, um, because it's the first time as well that it's kind of been created and you've done this, I guess it's the, the unknown of what you're going to get back. But the fact that it's been positive is, is amazing. Um, I think I've been away for a couple of years and since I've come back, I've noticed that um, ev everyone now does acknowledgement of country and I feel like um, both, or I, I guess all sports codes and just everything generally, people are more, more than ever, I think, acknowledging the Indigenous people of our country. I think it's a really positive thing. Um, do you think that that's part of it as well? Do you think that this timing has been a good time to kind of introduce this and start this? Yes, I, I think you're right. And um, I think there is a, 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 a sincere and genuine recognition within the Australian community that, you know, we need to do more to bridge the gap with our First Nations people. And uh, and they've got a lot to contribute. I mean, these these kids contribute a lot to our way of thinking too. We, we're getting as much out of this as they're getting out of our involvement. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been, I mean, for me personally, I think we've been at a loss because we haven't, you know, considered them in the, the bigger picture throughout all of this. So um, something like this, as you said, is, is so beneficial. And I think you talked about the age group of um, racing together, and I think it's it, it's 14 to 18, is it? Uh, no, tw 12 to 16 when they come in. But, of course, okay. once they turn 16, we don't throw them out. If they're, yeah. <laughs> if they're keen to stay, we, we keep them on and uh, until they get a job or go off and do their yeah. own thing. And what's the benefit of targeting them at that age, I suppose? Well, I think if they haven't had any driving experience, if you get them much later than that, it's um, a bit late to start 
training them. Yeah, because as we know, some people start karting at six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I've seen a lot of what Racing Together does on Instagram and you mentioned that um, there's four uh, girls in the team. What ratio is that from male to female and do you think that that's going to increase over time? Yeah, there's 10 in the team, so we've got six males and four females. Oh, so we're perfect. almost almost, <laughs> almost equal. Um, we've got a board uh, which runs the company, uh, runs the, the foundation. Um, and we've got uh, my wife on that and obviously uh, another lady called Talika Clancy who is an Olympic silver medalist in beach volleyball from Tokyo. Um, I think Talika's 28 and uh, she's a great addition uh, because she brings a different perspective. The kids love her. Um, you know, she's someone they can look up to. Um, and the other thing too, we, we're actually hopefully helping Talika to broaden her uh, skills base by being, it's the first board that she's been on. So she's learning a whole lot of governance, risk management, financial issues that will help her um, in her future career, we hope, as well. So we hope we're contributing there. Plus our board um, comprises some other very significant people in motorsport, like, as I said, Ryan Story from Dick Johnson Racing, um, Roland Dane from Triple Eight Racing, um, we've also got Paul Morris, of course, from Normal Motorplex, and Ian Gillespie, who's the former CEO of the RACQ. So it's, it's, it's a good, strong board, and um, we're aiming to recruit um, another female, hopefully an Indigenous one, um, and that'll complete our board. Yeah, yeah. Now, you, as you mentioned before, um, you have a big involvement in the FIA. So you've seen uh, various different championships of motorsport and you've, you've had a bit of experience there. In your opinion, um, in the larger picture, have perceptions shifted in regards to inclusion in motorsport? Obviously, we know there's uh, We Races 1, Girls on Track. Um, you've been around, you've been in the sport for quite a while. So are you seeing now more than ever a major shift? A major shift, uh, not just in attitude, but in, in outcomes as well. I think yeah. that's important. Yeah, it's one thing to talk about things. It's yeah. another to actually do something. And then the third part is to actually succeed in what you're doing. Um, and I think we're seeing that in many, many levels uh, of the sport. Um, I mean, there's, there's a bit of controversy over this W series, the women's series. People say, well, Motorsport's always been one of those sports where men can compete on the same level as women. You know, they're on an equal basis. They can. The car doesn't know who's driving it, Paul Morris's favourite saying. <laughs> um, and I think it's a really good saying. I love that saying. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't recognise who's driving it. But uh, I do think the, the Women's Series is a good thing because it gives uh, the girls a chance to, uh, to compete against each other and to develop skills that hopefully – We'll take one of them or two of them into Formula One or Formula Two or Formula Three, you know, at some stage, uh, which is what we want. Um, getting um, Indigenous people involved, uh, you've probably seen the Hamilton Foundations move to appoint some, uh, you know, some black teachers in in the UK, which is a great idea. Um, we races one in Formula One is going well. You, as you said, girls on the track is great. So I, I think we are seeing real progress, but there's a long, long way to go because if you think about it, um, as you said earlier, money is, is you know, very important. Motorsport is an expensive sport. 
and we find that our um, our underprivileged and underdeveloped communities are the ones that need the most help and have the least amount of money to spend on motorsports. So that's something we need to focus on. So you talked about um, the Hamilton Foundation. How can we be implementing things like that here in Australia? Obviously, you've created racing together, but is there more that we can be doing as a motorsport community to making sure that things like racing together really stick and what support can we throw behind it, I suppose? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. We're, we're going to be reaching out to all the uh, the major motorsport teams and, and begging them to give uh, our Indigenous kids a chance. Uh, it'd be nice if someone would come up with some scholarships. Uh, so there's things that we're going to to push with. Uh, at the moment, we're focused on just getting the team grounded and started, yeah. and then we'll start reaching out to uh, the rest of the motorsport community. But as I said, we, we've, we've got a lot of support so far, very little negativity at all, um, yeah. and, and most of the motorsport community have been extremely supportive. Yeah. And you mentioned you want to ground the team and make sure that it's, I guess, a strong foundation before you start expanding. But is the ultimate goal to see, obviously the ultimate goal is to see these drivers in an F1 car or in the major um, competitions, I suppose. Um, no, it, it, people often ask that question. Our major goal is to is to find um, a focus for these kids and to give them a chance to have a career in motorsport. Yeah. Um, and, yes, we'd, we'd like to see some of them become professional drivers. They don't need to be in Formula 1. I mean, obviously that would be great if one day in 10 years' time we get yeah. someone in Formula 1. That that requires a hell of a lot of money uh, to, because you've got to get up for Formula 4, 3 and 2. So you're looking at, you know, many millions of dollars to do that. Um, we're, we're more focused on the bigger picture of, of just getting kids' jobs within the sport and giving them something to live for, some focus in life. Yeah. So it's more about opportunities, showing them what opportunities are there for them. Yeah, and learning different skills. I mean, going back to when we first met these kids, most of them were extremely shy. Um, they had some skills in some areas but if you could see them today they're so much more confident um, a lot more skills they can communicate well uh, we've trained them on media we've trained them on social skills social responsibility uh, part of the the weekend camp we call it when we pick the 10 from the 100 um, is to teach them about road safety about drugs and alcohol, about, um, you know, social responsibility, nutrition, exercise, all of that. So we're trying to make them rounded citizens to contribute. And we want, and look, all of these kids now, I would say, are leaders. These, yeah. these shy kids from a year ago have now turned into leaders in the, in the space of a year. So I think that's something that uh, is going to be good for the Indigenous community and good for Australia. Yeah, so I guess you're already seeing the benefits of racing together. Absolutely, yeah. It's it, if it all fell apart now, it still would have been worthwhile. But it won't. Oh, fall apart. We'll make sure. We'll no. make sure it keeps going. 
<laughs> no, absolutely. I don't want it to fall apart at all. And no, I think we definitely need to throw our support behind it and keep it going and keep the ball rolling. And you're right in saying that it's just about acknowledging that there are opportunities and it doesn't have to be in the top, you know, there's so much. And I think that's the thing. I think when people think of motorsport, they instantly think F1 and it does get the most coverage. But here in Australia, obviously, we've got all different codes in, in Europe and the UK. There's so many different types of motorsport. So I think it's just about broadening the horizons of of people that didn't know it existed, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. So I, I talked about what we can do in terms of um, helping to support racing together. And you've mentioned that there has been tangible results and some actions through um, motorsport and, and trying to make it more inclusive. Do you think we're there yet or not quite? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We won't, we won't be there for a long time. It's going to be a, yeah. you know, I mean, we've, we've, um, we white people have been in this, uh, on this land since 17, what was it, 1788, yeah. um, and we haven't made much progress to date. So we're not going to change things overnight, but we can, we can work with our First Nations people and, um, yeah, work with them and, and, and start to give them greater opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And it feels like it's almost all kind of happened in the last couple of years, which is pretty disappointing, to be honest. Um, but at least now it feels like it's got some pace behind it and something, I guess, pushing it forward. Yeah, and I, I think that um, I think we've got to give them more responsibility for their own uh, we've got to give them the opportunities but then let them let them decide how they do it um, instead of um, you know imposing layers and layers of bureaucracy which um, not only you know, breaks down the communication uh, it also absorbs a lot of the funding uh, so I think that uh, we need to do a better job in in letting our First Nation people uh, have a, a bigger say in their own destiny. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, has there been one particular point, I'm sure it's all been enjoyable, but has there been one standout point through the process where you've thought, oh, that's amazing? Oh, I think there's probably been dozens of them. Uh, yeah. when, we, when we go to a race meeting, you know, we take these 10 young people um, out of their normal environment. We take them away for four days Um put them up in a motel in motel rooms and take them to the track each day and see how they interact amongst themselves without their parents or family or carers around. Um, and uh, it's it's just uh, some of the things just surprise us and, and please us greatly. And there's some challenges too, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> teenagers of any, of any type and, and gender and, and background are always going to prove a challenge, but uh, no, the, these kids surprise us uh, all the time. Now, on this podcast, we often talk about how sometimes the onus falls onto the people who need the most support. So in terms of like if you look at the LGBT plus community and then Racing Pride was created by Richard Morris and the onus sometimes falls onto the people who need the most support. But in Racing Together's um, case, you as a white person have created this. Do more white people need to stand up and kind of take the responsibility and say and acknowledge that there isn't enough happening and we need to kind of push for it? Yes, but I think you've got to do it in conjunction with our First Nations people. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's not a, a couple of the mistakes we made early on was to 
to try and impose uh, our way of thinking um, without considering their way of thinking. This is where Ganya Meta have been very useful, the elders there, consulting them on you know, how to approach certain things. So um, I think it's 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 got to be a, a cooperative effort. It, 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 it's not. It shouldn't be a matter of pushing uh, or pulling. It should be a matter of going together. Yeah, I think it's a it's it's a fine line between creating the opportunity, but then also not. Uh, uh, you, as you said, you know, using your way of thinking, it's about acknowledging that they have to have a voice in this as well. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's always difficult to balance cultures. Um, motorsport obviously is a very hugely predominantly um, white male culture. Yeah. Uh, so we've just got to adjust that and adjust our thinking. We've got to get more women in motorsport, we've got to get more Indigenous people, we've got to get younger people in motorsport. Um, and we we are trying, but we're not doing as good a job as, as we can. And you mentioned younger younger people coming into motorsport, and I personally have seen um, a lot more younger people starting to enjoy motorsport, and obviously through Netflix series Drive to Survive and things like that, people are now realizing that um you know motorsport is enjoyable and it's fun to watch and fun to be a part of do you think that because of that new um spread i guess through the younger generation that's part of why we're seeing a push yes i think so uh talika clancy for example um only became interested in motorsport through drive to survive on netflix yeah that's amazing never, never had an interest in it until then now she's now she's totally hooked um, so, yes, I think social media's got a lot to do with it. I think that boils down in, 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 uh, to a large extent because of the change of ownership of Formula One from Bernie Eccleston's organisation to Liberty Media. Yeah. Uh, they've opened up the social media channels and I was only commenting to some friends uh, in the past when we drive into the circuit in uh, Monza in Italy um, that... You used to see, you know, a lot of fans in the 40-year-old, 40, 45-year-old 40, age group. This year driving in, there were, you know, 14, 15-year-old kids, which is yeah, great wow. to see. Uh, and we noticed the same at the, at the Dutch Grand Prix. Um, and, and even in Russia, there, there were lots of younger people in the, in the grandstands. So that's great to see. And I guess that's as well a way to not... It, it's a it's a tricky one to do because you can't reinvent the wheel. I suppose you've got to work with what you've got, and unfortunately, there's some attitudes that have been around for a long time. So it's a matter of, I guess, trying to change those attitudes and those opinions about involvement in motorsport. And do you think it's easier for the younger generation to? I don't want to say mold, but is is it a way to kind of almost restart the old opinions? Um. Yes, I think so. The, the problem we face uh, is that there are a lot of people who, like myself, have been involved in motorsport for a long time and who don't believe in succession planning. Yeah. And they're very protective of their positions. Um, so I think that's a challenge because you get a lot of bright young people who want to get involved in motorsport but they say they're not competing, they want to be an official. A lot of them are blocked. Um, because they're not 
encouraged to come up through the system because older people fear they're going to lose their own position. Uh, yeah. So um, that's, you know, something that I think uh, we are addressing uh, at the FIA uh, through the International Stewards Program, um, where we've got a lot of young people coming up through the system. Um, the FIA's got a university that it runs. So, yeah, we, we are, but we've got to try and encourage um, people of my generation to nurture younger people to, to succeed them. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with you. It does kind of feel like sometimes motorsport can be a bit of a, it's funny because I feel like there's aspects of motorsport where it's really community based and everyone's involved and it's really positive. And then there's other parts, I guess, as you start going up into the higher championships where it feels a little bit more blocked. And I guess you kind of have to, we're as a motorsport community, and as you mentioned through the FIA, we're just going to have to kind of rid ourselves of those blockages. And I'm not sure why they're in place, but it, it does feel like they exist. Well, you don't just find it in motorsport. I think you find it, you know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Everywhere. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's just a matter of people realising that, um, you know, we've all got to step aside at some stage and make way for younger people and give them the opportunity that uh, – that we wish we'd have had when we were younger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, what I, I know we talked about potential expansion of racing together, and I know that it's probably ever-changing and you don't have a specific end goal for racing together, but is there any specific hopes and dreams that you want to get out of this? No, we just want to have, uh, well, I guess we we want to have more Indigenous people involved in the sport as yeah employees as officials um, as competitors and what would you say to any young indigenous people considering getting into motorsport get in touch with us <laughs> <laughs> well it's been absolutely amazing um i really love what you're doing i know it's early days but i i really think that it's so beneficial um and it's just a fantastic thing that you're doing. So, I mean, all props to you. Um, thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure, Estelle. On the next episode of The Female Drive, I speak with Cleo Collins, who is currently a mechanic with the W Series. We discuss what path she took to get into this role and what her plans are for the future.